All right, and three, two, one. So to start us off, I have a quote. We can give advice, but we cannot give conduct. Benjamin Franklin was an interesting man. As with all of the individuals that we study in detail, um, they were not perfect. Uh, But modeling something that would be helpful for our listeners today, we have this person in the form of Benjamin Franklin. He was one of the U.S.'s most uh, distinguished and uh, diverse founding fathers. He lived a long and prosperous life. Um, He was a rags to riches story. He spoke several languages, dined with ambassadors, royalty, philosophers, published in many countries, enjoyed worldwide fame, and was one of the only signers of both the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution. Benjamin Franklin's life can be basically divided into three different phases. The first was as a printer, as a writer, and as a businessman. He learned to become a gentleman and amass a fortune that would support him the rest of his life and outlive him by two centuries. The second phase of his life was the time spent as a natural philosopher, or as we know them today, a scientist and inventor. It was during these years that his fame increase to the inner portions of everyone knowing who he was, becoming internationally known in England and um, being able to spark the revolution of ideas that other people were able to build off of later. Finally, his later life was spent as a statesman, representing some of the colonies in the U.S. and, as I mentioned earlier, being involved in several of those different government issues that we talked about. So how did he accomplish so much? How did one man rise to such high end of expectations and wielding such power and commanding respect? First off, it needs to be noted, he was a genius. So let's get that out of the air. He was brilliant. But even geniuses need to follow certain laws and principles. A big part of a principle that he lived out was deliberate effort. First off, if you haven't read anything about Benjamin Franklin, I would encourage you to do so. Um, Two of my favorite sources when it comes to him specifically on the content we talk about today is Resolve, 13 Resolutions for Life, and Launching a Leadership Revolution. Um, But he has several autobiographies and other books about him. If you haven't delved into him, he was a very interesting man, highly recommended. But one of the things that you need to know is that he was not lucky. He did not... uh, back into his accomplishments. He didn't, uh, he wasn't ushered a silver spoon per se. He was a hard worker and tirelessly applied that diligence throughout his life. The best example of Benjamin Franklin as a perfect example of wanting to improve yourself was when he was a young man during that first phase of life. He was a a young journeyman at a printing press. Um, He had already moved out of his home and out of the city that he lived in. His father wouldn't give him a loan to start a business. His family hated him. Everyone liked to say, arguing, arguing early and late. If someone could argue a line straight, it'd be him. 
So not the best of reputations. He's walking along the road one day. He sees a colleague of his, um, not just a colleague, the vice president of the reading club that he started in Philadelphia. He's excited to be able to talk with his friend, but he realizes that about 20, 30 feet before he has a chance to like converse with him, the other person sees that Ben Franklin's walking towards him and walks to the other side of the street so he doesn't have to say hi. Now, Benjamin Franklin being um, at this time, the very, um, let's call him blunt and forward individual that he was, confronts his friend about it and says, what was that about? And his friend had the, the love and care to be brutally honest with him and say, to be honest, nobody likes you. And it was at that moment that Benjamin Franklin decided to do something about who he was. First, he tempered his statements to people so as not to offend. He worked hard on becoming less dogmatic in his choice of words. He also spent a lot of time working on the tone of his voice. And later on in his life, he would depict this as the attempt to work on the project of arriving at moral perfection. Later on in his life, he would reflect back on this and say that while he did not hit the mark of moral perfection, having sought after perfection, he got so much closer to it. Now, he did this program of personal growth of how he accomplished this perfection through 13 virtues. He felt that these were worthy of attention and organization. He scheduled uh, a regular segment of improvement and tracking. And he would do each of these 13 virtues for four weeks at a time. So we're going to get to the list later, but he would work on the first one for four weeks. Then he'd work on the second one for four weeks, all of which time he would be tracking himself and recording his progress or lack of thereof. He would repeat the cycle for years regarding the faults that had surprised him so much. He eventually had the satisfaction of seeing them diminish. The principles used to grow yourself include self-assessment, willful change, and measurement of progress. Benjamin Franklin's small system here incorporates all three of those. First, I have to know who I am or what I'm working on in order to be improvements. I might use a word intentionality here. Second, willful change. It's not just going to happen naturally. The world is either growing or decaying, and that's true in every aspect of life. Uh, here on on uh, Borderline Heretics uh, Media, we talk about how if you're not intentionally trying to grow your, your relationship with Jesus, that's not going to blossom. Same true when it comes to self-improvement as a whole. Each of us must take it upon ourselves to grow personally. It is a self-guided mission. I cannot tell you that you need to grow in this area. I can't force you to grow in this area. It has to come down to you. Now, that's a short kind of resume of who he was. Um, but I also have uh, these two other uh, heretics with me that I want to get some dialogue going on here. Uh, so before we get into some questions about self-improvement in our own lives, um, Benjamin Franklin, he was one of our founding fathers, has a lot of uh, things written about him. But what are some uh, perspectives that you both have about this gentleman? Well, uh, I know he wasn't... Uh the only or one of the uh, the only signers of both the uh, constitution and the uh, the declaration of independence um i'm i'm looking at two other signers of of both documents <laughs> 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 
little little God, inside. Jonathan, you can't say that. You can't. You can't. You can't call us out oh. like that. It's okay. It's okay. I wasn't ready for that. Uh, the, those documents aren't hanging up at school anymore. So no. <laughs> yeah, they are. Well, they uh, they patched over your names. Yeah, oh. I don't think they called us on both. I don't think they called us on both. <laughs> they caught us on one of them. I don't remember which one. Yeah. Uh, well, hello and welcome to, to Couch Confessions, guys. Uh, Zach, David, um, it's good to be here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, no, I, I like that first, in a more serious note, though, I like that that first um, quote you, you said, we can advise, but we can't, what was it? We can't... Um, we can provide advice. We cannot provide conduct. Right. Uh, good, good, good. That's what it was. So I, I like that. I think that's um, kind of a good motto for for what we do here on Couch Confessions is we can provide advice, but we can't we can't shape your conduct. You know, you have to take that yourself. Um, so I, that's a that's a that's a quote I've never never um, never heard before, but I, I like it. David, what's uh what's your impressions of old? Uh, our our, our uh, founding father there. Boo! Not not a fan. No, uh, I mean, uh, I think he did some really remarkable things. I mean, uh, as a um, as a uh, person who loves the fire service, uh, you know, he he uh, he had a lot to do with creating um, the first you know, volunteer fire service there in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, or I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it was in Pennsylvania. That's right. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, uh, thank you, Ben Franklin for that. But, uh, the, the talk of Ben Franklin, um, as a virtuous person, I just find to be ironic, uh, when he, he was known, uh, for having two families, one in England and one here in the colonies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so and, and for that, never actually going back to his family in england <laughs> that, that, that's a long voyage man to get across the atlantic so that's true that's true but on diplomatic uh, on a diplomatic mission in his 80s he crossed the pond over to france and lived out a very lavish lifestyle so yeah i don't think it was that whole issue <laughs> well i think it's also important to note that you know, the three of us ascribe to um, a certain moral code. May mm-hmm. I say that? Mm-hmm. Where there is there is clear distinction when it comes to certain how do we do things or how do we not do things, especially involving um, other humans. Um, but to remember about Ben Franklin is that he was not a, uh, an ascriber to what we believe. Right. He was a, a colonial deist, and yeah. moralism was the the name of the game for them. And so, um, again, like I mentioned early on, it's like, no, none of these individuals that we talk about are perfect 100%, but, uh, I did have a, an in-depth, uh, exploration of his virtues. Cause I don't know, uh, David, if you've gone into details of what he, these 13 virtues were, um, no, no, I have not. Yeah. So, um, I can do that in a little bit, but I wanted to give a little bit more time for, uh, I guess. A lot of people, when they hear Benjamin Franklin, they hear different things. Um, When I was first exposed to Benjamin Franklin, I think I personally was kind of like, he's a guy everyone says we should like, so I'm I'm not going to like him. And that was just my mentality. But it was uh, like, I I, kind of like to be a contrarian. And so when someone says I should do something, I want to prove them wrong. Um, 
So that's where I started initially. But then as I read more about him and as I learned more about him, I, I realized like he accomplished so much. Um, and he did have a, a genuine desire to want to impact people better than himself. Um, and again, not perfect, but there was a lot there that I, I've come to grow to respect and admire um, in several different areas. Uh, self-improvement is one of them. So when it comes to um, improving your own life, uh, Jonathan, David, what are some ways that you personally have been able to see success in those areas? Well, I'll tell you, you do you do have to respect a man um, for for that, for that uh, diligence in trying to improve himself. You know, even if we ascribe to different views on on who God is and, and morality and, and, and the like, um, and regardless of how how moral he was or how uh, quote unquote good of a person he was, um, I do like this system that he's created. I'm, I'm one who definitely likes organization. I like lists. I like when things are in nice rows. You know, I remember seeing um, sketches of his journal, you know, with these virtues and how he, how he accomplished them. And I, I like that. I was a huge fan of that. It's a big thing for me. Um, in, in my own personal life, um, this is tough for me. I'm not a very disciplined person. That is, that is a, that's inner will or drive to, to make yourself better. That perseverance, that's, that's something that's definitely lacking in me. That's, that's a hard thing to, to, to get through. You know, that's a hard, hard thing to have for me. Um, I think one of the things though, that helps me when I look at growth is just that first step of assessment. Um, we're talking about, uh, the vices on the, the, uh, BLH, the mainline podcast. And uh, I'm kind of glad we didn't end up talking about, uh, we didn't end up recording today cause we were going to talk about sloth. Uh, we had to postpone it, but, uh, David, you were talking Ironic. about yeah, right. Um, David, you were talking about feeling uh, attacked because we were talking about sloth. But, no doubt. Uh, I was going to be feeling uh, beat up after two conversations about this because just like <laughs> that's a, a huge vice in my life. That's that is the vice in my life. And so when we look at issues of, of personal growth, I know that that's a huge weakness for me. And so one of the things, though, that I, that helps in growth is just the assessment. So earlier this week, knowing that we were going to talk about this, dealing it with it in my own life is just assessing, all right, where am I? What, honestly looking at the good and the bad, where am I? What is hindering me from, from achieving where I want to be? Um, and where do I want to be? You know, what's the road I want to take? Um, what's my end goal? And, and where am I? Because uh, without those two things, you're never going to get anywhere. Um, so just that assessment, it's, it's, it's a, always been a part of when I try to, to get some personal growth, when I try to get some, some spiritual or any, any of that. Uh, it's just where am I, where do I want to go, and what's keeping me from there? Yeah, for me, um, when, it, when it comes to Benjamin Franklin, I'm not, I'm not aware of his 13 points. Um, I don't know much about it, uh, and that's why – you know, I found it pretty interesting when you mentioned doing this topic, Zach, uh, and learning from you on this one, man. Uh, but basically, I feel like we're coming back to the idea of 
you know, two points a moral life um, and habits, you know, building, building a moral life and building those habits that, that make it, uh, that make it work essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. So Benjamin Franklin has his values that he, that he proposes here, right? Those 13 values. And, um, and they sounded great to me, to be honest with you. I mean, I couldn't find a single fault in any, anyone that he wrote uh, that you listed off. I love them all. Um, but, you know, it, it, trying it for four weeks, singling each one out for four weeks at a time, um, I, I don't know if I've got that in me, you know, and that that's essentially 13 months worth of work, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's a 13-month cycle that you're that you have built in. Um, I'm more of the type I, I'd have to, I'd have to bite off a little bit of each one at, at you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and just keep trying on each one at, at the same time. I don't know. I don't know if I could live with myself to, to practice silence, but, but not all the other 12 virtues at the same time. So that, that's mm-hmm. what I find kind of interesting about what you were talking about him going through that process if, every four weeks. Well, I, I, I think you bring up a great point. I'll, let me clarify. I'm, uh, at least from my reading, it's not that he didn't try to live out the other 13 principles or the other 12 principles. He would take one and focus on it. Mm. And so let's say for the month of February that we're coming to the end of, let's say he was on silence. And so under silence, because one of the things I was going to get into is what each one meant in greater detail. So for Benjamin Franklin, silence meant Speak not what may benefit, speak not except, but what might benefit others or yourself. Avoid trifling conversation. And so for the month of February, every day for the four weeks, he would rate himself, how did I do with avoiding trifling conversation and speaking only what benefited others or myself? And obviously it's like, okay, I'm going to try to do these other things as well, but this is the one I'm intentionally focusing on for these four weeks. If I, sure. I got you. If I'm not mistaken, um, one of the things that I remember, uh, I remember him saying, or I remember ab- about, you know, these thirteen virtues was that he he would notice that when he would move into the next one, his progress on the previous one would wane a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's understandable, right? If you're focusing just like you said, David, trying to do all 13 of those, like that's, that's a lot. You might want to try and like just chip off a little at a time. So I think probably now again, I'm, I'm unfounded. I don't, I don't know Ben Franklin like this, but I would assume that the more repetitions of this cycle, the better you get at that. Right. So Mm -hmm. temperance, maybe January silence in February. So, uh, when he comes up to this third month of order, temperance and silence have taken up a, a back seat a bit, and maybe they're down to like sixty percent instead of a hundred, you know, where they were in January and February. Um, but the more often you go through that cycle, uh, so maybe maybe by year three or four, um, when mm-hmm. he gets to March where he's back in order. Um, Maybe temperance and silence, they're still taking a dip because he's not focusing on them, but maybe they're only down to like like 80% or 85% or something like that. I, that would, I mean, 
obviously human life doesn't work like that, but, you know, just logically thinking like that's probably would be a fair assessment of, of how that works. Yeah, yeah that, absolutely. That could be some potential there um, for that. But yeah, you're exactly right though. Life is a lot messier than trying to keep it in nice, nice, eat, uh, neat categories and percentages, I think. So, mm-hmm. but I also think that you're both hitting on something as well that, while me- life is messy, um, it is what we choose to do with it, right? Mm. Uh, like we can either choose to be overwhelmed and exasperated by it all, um, or we can choose to try to do something with it. Uh, each one of us has 24 hours in a day. What do we choose to do with that time? It varies greatly between the three of us. And that's because each of us have different priorities at the stages of life that we're in. Mm. So that I think that's something to keep in mind that, you know, I could look at something and say, oh, this is how it is and leave it at that. Or I could ask myself, how could I make it better? Or how could I improve where I'm at with this? Or how can I respond in such a way that sets me up for success later? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to have like, yeah, the natural state of things is decay. I mean, just what you had mentioned earlier, it's, it's decay. And so you can either just let that decay happen and then 10 years from now, you look back and you say, I'm exactly where I am or where I was 10 years ago. Or you can say, I'm going to do something, right? Um, and you might choose the wrong thing, but, you know, you, you'll never know until you start choosing those things and, and start making those decisions. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to quickly read through because I wanted to go through – Benjamin Franklin's virtues here and kind of give a little bit more background as what he meant by each of them. And the reason why I'm, ta- I'm highlighting Ben Franklin's 13 virtues, um, even Jonathan and, and David, we're talking about like how realistic is this for us today? Um, that's not my point. Uh, my motivation is to, for you as the listener, I want you to be intentional and think about what are your pillars what are your virtues? What are the things that you are going to try to specifically improve in? Because it starts off with that self-assessment. I want to assess, I want to become more organized, or I want to get fit. Um, we're historically at that part of the year where New Year's resolutions are starting to wane if they've not already. Oh, they've um, been going and so that was weeks. What, <laughs> well, and that's why I wanted to specifically bring up this topic because um, any one of us at any point can decide to change. And so whatever it is that you want to see growth in, whatever it is that you want um, God to move in you as you're seeking his wisdom and prayer for change, just consider that as we go through. Some of this might be things you might want to apply, but let it be a, a springboard to start that process. So first virtue of temperance. Benjamin Franklin said to eat not to dullness and drink not to elevation. Um, listen to the first episode of the borderline heretic studio when it comes to this particular topic, if you're wrestling with it, but temperance just meant, you know, don't, don't lose control. Mm. Silence already mentioned, speak not except what might benefit others or yourself avoid trifling conversation order. Let all things have their place and let each part of your business have its time. Now he ran several different businesses, but the, I think that could be applicable to everyone when it comes to what you are doing. Make sure every part of it has a time of focus. Number four, resolution. Resolve to perform what you ought. Perform without fail what you resolve. So uh, number six, uh, or excuse me, number five, frugality. 
make no expense but to do good to others and yourself. Waste nothing. Um, the first thing that stands out to me is his first third of his life, he was he could be called a miser initially. He came from a broke family. He didn't have uh, financial education. Um, he actually tried several different business ventures and failed. Um, but he eventually got it right. He eventually figured out um, how the money system worked, how to build businesses successfully. He's actually the father of franchises. He, at one point, had two-thirds of every printing press in the nation under his influence. Somehow, either his direct control or one of his franchisees. Um, so he figured out the whole money thing in that regards. Uh, I think uh, my reading said that he had the franchise um, income coming in to the point where he didn't actively work at age 42. Um, and so, you know, the whole idea of retirement nowadays is 65. Some, some people push it a little bit later. Um, some people want to try to do it earlier, but Benjamin Franklin did it at 42. Um, and so when he's talking about frugality, uh, waste nothing. Um, that's kind of what stands out to me first. What about you guys? Yeah. I mean, that's some goals, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to retire at 42. Um, I'd like to be able to retire sooner. Uh, <laughs> frugality is a tough one, man. That, that's, that's a, that's a tough, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these are tough for me for sure, but that that's also one of them. I think I'm, I think I'm the only one of our entire friend group that doesn't want to retire early. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I do with my time. I really don't. Uh, I actually, uh, I, you know, you guys know I listen to a lot of podcasts and I read a lot. And uh, now I've just listened to one recently about retirement. Retirement is such a new concept. And Zach, I've talked to you about that before a good bit. Retirement is such a new concept in, in our uh, modern world. We get to retire, whatever that is, and uh, which is is not the same as dying apparently, but you know, people used to die like work and then like they died, you know? I mean, <laughs> and sometimes they did both at the same time. They worked until they died. Yeah. Apparently. Well, and, to, uh, to be fair, to be fair, the numbers about retirement, uh, if they, if they do the retirement lifestyle that you're talking about, about like I put on these dumb looking Bermuda shorts, I go to a shuffleboard or a golf course, and that's all I spend my time on. You're right. You typically die very shortly after you stop working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I just don't want to do that. And, uh, and of course, I don't think many people do when 40% of all retirees actually still work a part-time job. Yeah. So, um, you know, I... I don't know, um, but but Ben Franklin to be able to retire forty two, good for him back then, especially. Yeah. You know that's saying a lot, I guess. Um, you know, back in that time period. But I will go back to that time. So everything deserves its own time. Um, I think that's such an important aspect, and we're starting to understand that more probably now in our modern world. I think um, I think a conversation has gotten a lot broader uh, due to COVID. I would say at least it's become more popular to, to talk that way about spending time with the people you love, spending time doing the things that you love, um, probably leading to a lot of the great resignation that we've seen and stuff like that. People are starting to value time um, a lot more than what they have in the past, mainly because we have the opportunity to do so, mainly because we have the opportunity to value time. Um, but it's not just time. Remember, time doesn't heal wounds. Time doesn't make friends. 
Time doesn't make family. It doesn't make love. It doesn't, time doesn't do those things. It is still effort involved in the time that we spend together. It's, uh, it's the actual effort that we put into each and every one of the aspects of our life, not just time. I can sit with people and just play games on my phone and I can say I'm spending time with them because I'm around them, but that's not the same thing as spending time with them. So that's what I just want to hang on there on and just think about a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think that's brilliant that you mentioned like, you know, frugality, first people go to the monetary system, which I did. Um, but you brought up the other side of it. Frugality also counts with time because it is our most precious commodity. For sure. It's the only thing that we can't buy, right? Mm-hmm. Can't buy yourself more time until I'm able to freeze my brain and, uh, and have it put into something else, man, that day is coming. Don't tell me no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so industry, um, lose no time, always be employed in something useful, cut off all unnecessary actions. Number seven, sincerity, use no hurtful deceit. I think, uh, innocently and justly of others. And if you speak, speak accordingly, justice, Wrong none by doing injuries or omitting the benefits that are your duty. Moderation. Avoid extremes, forbearance, resenting injuries so much that you think they deserve. Cleanliness. Tolerate no uncleanliness in your body, clothes, or habits. Tranquility. Be not disturbed at trifles or of accidents common and unavoidable. Chastity. Rarely use energy, but for health or for offspring. Never to dullness, weakness, or the injury of uh, your own or another person's peace or reputation. Humility, imitate Jesus and Socrates. (laughs) I like those. And I think, so before before we kind of examine a couple of these or share our thoughts on a couple of these, I do do like that he has a summary sentence for each one, right? So when we're looking at creating our own areas of personal growth or our own virtues and our own things, pillars to hang our, our hats on or whatever, whatever metaphor you want to use there. Um, it's good to boil it down because it's easy to get kind of lost in the weeds of what these things mean and how we're going to do them. Um, because these are just like, these are, 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 are uh, theoretical, right? Or, or they're just concepts. It's they not measurable. Be, right, right, Exactly. If you define it, it's therefore measurable and you can see progress. Right. And so it's it's a word and then a short sentence to describe that. So you know what it means. And so when you're practicing these things, when you're looking to develop yourself, what's that thing? And you can just boil it down to a simple concept. I think that's super helpful. And then what I would teach my students is once you get a bowl down to a simple concept, make a plan and make sure you you act on that plan to, mm-hmm. to, to make sure that you follow through with those virtues. It's one thing to mentally ascend to these virtues, right? Mm-hmm. All 13 of them. Um, but to, to make a habit of them, you, you have to plan. You have to see what small steps you can take towards any one of those. I mean, my goodness gracious, all, you know, all 13 of them are, have books written on them, you know, each mm-hmm. one of them. So it's a lot of information, um, but but definitely the most important part probably is to, to plan some type of habit in your own life. Yeah. 
I think this is this is um I think this is something that that Zach you said, you know, these things we can we can make changes in our life whenever. Um I think next week is obviously you want to start today. Like start now, right? Like don't wait for tomorrow. It doesn't have to be done by tomorrow. You don't have to be perfect tomorrow. But start today, start now. But if you want a a clean starting point or something to that effect. A, a race start. Right. Lent is just around the corner. Ash Wednesday is next Wednesday. Right. Yep. Choose something to do. Choose a thing to work on. There's a lot of things that go into Lent. And obviously there's a lot more spiritual things that go into Lent, you know. But you can still use that time to become more disciplined in yourself and grow uh, spiritually, grow mentally, grow physically. You know, you can use that as an excuse. Use Lent as an excuse. It's 40 days, and every Sunday you get to take off. Every Sunday is a, is a feast day, so you don't have to do your Lenten fast on, on Sunday. Yeah, so uh, so being couch confessions, uh, what are y'all looking at as uh, giving up for Lent? Well, um, I've got a couple of things, right? Uh, one is, is, and I'm not going to go into detail of all these, but because um, there's some nuance to some of them. But one of them is is coffee. I'm giving that up for 40 days. Um, no. <laughs> it's it's my main source of sugar, and it's become something that I can't avoid. I'm drinking it right now too. I got a mug right beside me. Um, it's just it's just for my own health. I am I'm giving that up. Uh, because again, it's my main source of sugar, my main source of caffeine, and uh, I'm trying to get rid of that. Um, another thing, and I'm still kind of meddling with the the details on how I'm going to do this, um, but I'm going to uh, give up some comfort in my life. Um, perseverance is helpful, man. Self discipline is a very diff like that. Like I'm not like that's a confession. My vice is sloth. I love the comfort. I love not changing. <laughs> um, Sloths unite. Yeah. Woo-hoo. It's tough. And so one of the things that hinders me is, is some creature comforts. Um, so I'm working on some ways to... So are you getting rid of your mattress, man? I mean, are you going to go... I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> I've got a... I mean, I've talked about this before. I've got a cot um, that it's not the most comfortable thing. I got it for camping and I still have it. And it's, it's something, right? It's, it's something to help me get rid of that. Basically an idol in my life. Comfort, right? I love, I don't have to wake, man, first world problems here. I don't have to wake up to like middle of the day, right? All my work takes place in the afternoons or evenings. So why get up? Why do anything? Um, and that's wrong. That's not right. And uh, so I need, I, you know, it's just something I'm kind of meddling around, mulling around um, how I'm going to give that up um, to increase that discipline in my life. Uh, so I'll be um, foregoing uh, entertainment media mm. uh, for Lent. So I, I'm still going to be reading and I'm still going to be um, listening to um media that is focused on growth but other than that like 
there's a lot of interesting people I follow on YouTube that I just thoroughly enjoy and it's entertaining. Um, so for Lent, I'm going to be um, putting those aside. Mm. Gotcha. I'll, uh, I'll be, uh, be letting go of social media for Lent this year. Mm. That's my goal. So I'm not strong enough to give up coffee, even though I should be, but I'm not. So I'm gonna keep my. I butts. can't. I can't afford to do that right now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, me neither. I'm gonna hate myself, uh, and you guys are gonna hate me too. But oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I already do. <laughs> I I am extremely dependent upon caffeine, and uh, I'm gonna try and drink some teas. You know, my body needs caffeine to some degree. I gotta wean myself off of that. Um, but I know I, you got to be smart. And I mean, that's that's something to think about with any Lenten fast that you do. Think about your body, right? W- with getting rid of entertainment or getting rid of social media, man, like there's nothing but positives there, um, depending on how addicted you are to that, I, I assume. Yeah. But yeah. Um, there are so many things that can cause some withdrawals. Um, Zach, you mentioned how... Um, uh, ben gave up uh, meat to save money. Like that's an incredibly he smart. Became a, he became a vegetarian for a period of time because he couldn't afford books, and he knew that he wasn't going to change if he didn't have new information. That's that's incredibly smart, and that I mean, that could be a great Lenten goal, right? To have like a um, a diet like Daniel in them, you know, in the Old Testament. Uh, but you got to know your body right um you need to you need to prepare for things like that if you're going to make those changes for sure well uh what are y'all going to uh replace your uh your loss with well um with coffee i mean that's not a spiritual thing that's purely physical um so i'm yeah. i'm replacing that with like tea and water um yeah. nothing deep there uh, if, if that's what I end up doing with, you know, just not sleeping in my bed, sleeping on the floor or sleeping in a cot or something like that, giving up that comfort, um, I'm not going to be able to sleep as long, uh, guaranteed. So I'm going to try and replace that with prayer, uh, prayer and, and study. Nice. Uh, with entertainment, replacing it with more time with my boys, uh, more face to face time if I'm not working. And then the other thing would be, um, more intentional time to read. Uh, because that, you know, if I'm not entertaining myself, I'm actually available to ingest new information that might be helpful. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I'm going to start trying to implement something I, uh, I just learned about recently. I think I'm going to start scheduling times to call people and talk to Mm. old friends. Mm. So I think that's what I want to do. That's great. I think that's what I'm going to do. Stop wasting those, 45 minutes a day about they're about on social media as total and put that towards a phone call. Yeah. So. I think that's brilliant. That's wonderful. I wanted to um, read this little bit of scripture here and it's just one verse, but uh, I think it's a helpful motivation when we're looking at personal growth and um, cause it takes perseverance. It takes discipline. It takes friends. It takes external motivators like, Again, this is tough. Um, but Hebrews uh, 12, 11, and uh, forgive me for not going through and reading the whole chapter and getting the context of this. I'm pulling out of context, but hopefully I'm correct here. Um, yeah, I said Jesus. 
<laughs> Maybe. I mean, it seems pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> I don't think I'm too far off. Um, we'll see. I'll go back and read the chapter later. Uh, Hebrews 12, 11, it says this. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I think I don't think I'm too far off in in quoting that. Um, discipline sucks. Uh, it's tough work. We don't do it because we like it. Yeah, <laughs> we don't. Uh, but but the yields. The end results are peaceful fruit of righteousness. Um, I mean, that's where we want to be. Um, the end results are always going to be good. But it's just the the getting there that sucks. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, guys, uh, just, just to let our listeners know, you know, um, and, and as a reminder to us, it's, we're never done. Mm-hmm. You know, we've said that before on here. Uh, we, we won't arrive on this side of glory. So, you know, it's just a constant battle that we always face. Um, not just self-improvement, but sanctification. So, mm. yeah. Well, and I think that's tying it back to our case study. I think that's one thing that I loved about what he did is that Benjamin Franklin went through his 13 virtues and he did it multiple times. And over a course of several years, he did it multiple times. Mm. Um, and, you know, when it comes to sanctification, the Holy Spirit is constantly working in us. We are very grateful for that. But again, what are we doing to help make sure that we're not making it more of an obstacle, mm-hmm. right? My, my grandfather used to always say, I never want the Holy Spirit to work harder than he has to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit in us. <laughs> and, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's true. All right, guys. Well, uh, Jonathan, I think it's about time for uh, those jams, man. Some new jams. Thank you.